Hey friends, Harrison here, and I cannot believe it's been a few years since we started this podcast. One of the things that we get asked about a ton is what training plan should I follow? And so we've decided to develop our own and get it into an app that you can download. So if you're looking for a plan that's interactive, that you can not only see which miles to run, but which strength exercises to do and watch videos and be able to have a checklist system that will literally walk you through the plan and help you keep track of your progress, we've got you covered. Go ahead and click on the link in the description to get started. You're going to have a seven-day free trial. Give it a shot. Let us know what you think, and good luck. Have fun out there, guys. Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon, or half marathon, or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode, we'll talk about Mo's first week training for her half marathon, We'll go over Harrison's training plan and what he's doing differently this time around. And Shoegate, our multi-day ordeal to get Mo fitted for the perfect pair of running shoes. And stick around because at the end, we'll introduce our very first guest as part of a new segment of our show. Welcome to episode two of the Crummy Marathoners podcast. Hello, it's us. We are so excited and honestly overwhelmed by how we were received. You know, we came yeah. out with this podcast and it was just you know a lot of fun for us. But, you know, this project is really an opportunity for us to share our experience and what we're going through training for, you know, the beginning um, stages of, of our marathon life. And so... Um, this oh, has yeah. been so much fun. Yeah. I just want to say thanks to everybody. Yeah. Thanks so much, you guys. I <laughs> honestly, I didn't think anyone would listen. <laughs> so I was a little taken back and just pleasantly surprised. But it, it honestly is, it, it's so encouraging. We got our first listeners outside of the United I, States. Yo, that is so cool. That is so cool. It was probably like one person in <laughs> Australia still... and like another in Canada, but that's still a start, you know? Yeah. And that's so cool too. Like, yeah. Oh man. We're excited. We're pumped. We're, we're pumped. pumped. Yeah. Um, and you know, sitting here, don't do what we're doing. We're eating our cheesecake leftover from <laughs> Valentine's dinner last night. Um, mm. but really trying to just, uh, recoup from this crazy week, you know, uh, oh, we're yeah. both exhausted. Yes. Ready to hit the hay. Yes. But we will not let our listeners down. We will not. Full-blown episode coming at you. We've got a mm -hmm. lot to talk about today. And so we want to jump into, before we got started with our marathon training plans, you know, we, we each have developed a 16-week training plan. Um, mine came from the Hansen's Method book for full marathon trainer uh, training. And I did the, um, the ex, it's, I think it's experts or no, advanced runner I just wanted to do something beyond the, the beginner runner uh, just to see if I could push myself to do it. And I'll get into that in a sec. But um, Mo's plan, we actually found online and kind of adapted it to her life and, and her schedule. So um, before we actually got started on that, you know, it was really important that uh, Mo built up some kind of base and physical 
stamina before actually getting into it. So were you able to successfully do any of that or did you just jump right into your marathon training? I had planned <laughs> to successfully build up my base, but it did not go as planned. Um, so the answer is no. But for those who have the time to prepare to train for a marathon, the suggestion is building up that base. So they, some research says that the number of miles that you need to run per week to build your base really depends on your goal for the marathon. So if you do a full or a half, and then like what your history is. So if you have any injuries, they say to make sure that you're as healthy as possible, take care of those injuries, improve your form if you can. So if, you know, and again, this is hard too, if you're not aware of it, but they say to like focus on your stride rate, your stride length, your foot strike, all these things that. We can honestly do entire episodes about each of those things. Oh yeah. But right now, just letting you know, I knew nothing about when I was reading about that. I was like, what? So, and we'll go through that. We'll walk our listeners through week by week, everything that you're learning as far as, like you said, your, your stride and, and yeah. beats per minute and everything or beats per. Yeah. And I, I think this is another reason why I'm glad we're doing this because this research that I found is for people who are supposed to be prepping to train for a marathon. Yeah. And I don't even know this terminology, well, and, you and know, they, they throw out things like cross training, do cross training. Well, right, well what right. does that mean? What does it mean? Right. Exactly. So, or strength training. That's huge. They talk a lot about building up your glute strength and how important that is. And it's just all things that sometimes you just need to break it down, you know? So let's break down your first week and, and we can talk about the type of cross training you did and what exactly that means. So your training plan, why don't you walk us through exactly how that went down? Okay. Yeah. So this week, um, I had two rest days and then I had two days of cross training and a 30 minute strength and stretch session. And then I ran a total of four miles this week, but two miles each day. So if I were to break it down Sunday, rest day, Monday, I did two miles Tuesday. I did the a yoga class with Harrison. Well, it was a yoga YouTube, YouTube class. session. We sat on our living <laughs> yeah. room floor and we we attempted yoga. Well, Mo's really good at yoga, yoga but I'm. Oh, no. It was my first time ever. He did so good though. <laughs> he did. He did fantastic. I, let's just say we've got to start doing more yoga because yes. I did feel good after, but I I felt like I was going to pull something the whole time. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> So then you did Orange Theory Fitness, which, you know, <laughs> hey, full disclosure, they're not a, a sponsor of our podcast here, but you, no. you just, you were going there before yes, we started and that's and kind of, yes. but it was off and on, you got sick and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So, but, um, so you did Orange Theory on which days? Was it Wednesday and Thursday? Wednesday and Thursday. And yes. So side note, when I was talking about that running prep, I had planned to do Orange Theory four or five days a week and then run every now and then to build up that running base. But I got sick, like Harrison mentioned. So I was sick actually for two weeks prior to this week once. So I like rent, I literally went into this week with like zero running base. So Orange Theory, I did Wednesday and Thursday and Orange Theory, if you don't know what that is, it's fantastic. Look it up online. Sponsor us one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 60 minute of total body workout in a group setting. It's basically like 
a group personal training session and you do everything from rowing to weightlifting, strength training to treadmill to running. And it's fantastic. And I love it. They set you up to a heart, heart monitor, don't they? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They've got like splat points and all these different. Yeah. What's a splat point? Okay. So a splat point is where the magic happens essentially. So at Orange Theory, our workouts, they're comp- comprised of like five heart rate zones. And it's basically uh, based on your individual heart rate. So if you spend at least 12 minutes or more in the orange zone, and this is where your heart rate is between 84 to 91% of your heart rate maximum, you get a splat point. So each splat point is a minute. So if you, yeah. So if you spend more than 12 minutes of the workout, total workout, uh, then you're able to keep burning calories at a maximum rate for like the next, I think I may be wrong, but I think it's like 24 to 48 hours. It's a certain period after, but but so that that's, that's the whole theory behind it. And it's awesome. I mean, it's a fantastic workout. So you got to, I mean, really push yourself because you could go to those classes and just take it easy. Yeah. It happens, but you were in like 20 something spot points. That's pretty good from what I understand. Oh yeah. No. (laughs) Um, yeah, they're fantastic. It's just, you don't have to think about what you're doing at the gym. Yeah. So that's a really good form of cross training. Mm -hmm. Mo has found that, that kind of group environment and having the the music and the energy. Support and. Right. Mm -hmm. But cross training doesn't have to be. Orange theory. Orange theory. No. Because that Mm -hmm. can be kind of costly. Yes. 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 um, you know, but cycling, swimming, elliptical are all low impact forms of cross training that a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Pilates. Yeah. There's yoga even. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do to cross train. So it's such an important part of, um, marathon training plans because you, you don't want to be strictly a runner. Cause I mean, you want to be a runner, but you don't want to strictly run every day. Cause you could really injure yourself, especially when you're just getting started out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you did that. Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, but note about that. It was a little much doing do it back to back. Day. Yes. Note to self. Yes. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> uh, again, going into this low physical activity, hardly any prep or running base. This week was great. I feel like a new woman, honestly. But I've just learned a lot about what works for me and what doesn't. So separating the the days where you're gonna do Orange Theory, yeah, do like Tuesday Thursday versus Wednesday Thursday, yeah, giving space in between the cross training days, and then also incorporating that strength and stretch session was huge, right, for me. Okay, so your plan has you resting Fridays pretty much the entire plan, right? Mm -hmm. And Sundays. Okay, Fridays and Sundays are your rest days, and then Saturdays are your long run days. Yes. So your long run today, Saturday, was two miles. <laughs> that was a funny two miles. For the friends who we saw, you we, will know. We turned, we turned it into an errand running session. Yes. I had the kids on the running stroller, and I was kind of just pushing them around, and then Mo was just kind of running around in, in loops. It was kind of funny. Uh-huh. But hey, however you got to do it. I mean, we made it happen. Oh, we did it. I did mouth. it. I did it, everybody. And one of the keys here is that gradual buildup. So to avoid injury, if you go from like, okay, this week you did four total miles, and then next week if you did 20 miles, you would probably hurt yourself mm-hmm. in the form of, I don't know, a stress fracture or shin splits, something along mm-hmm. those lines, Achilles issues. And so the rule of thumb is a 10% increase no more. 
So if you did four this week, you know, next week you could probably do five. The week after that, you could probably do six. But you're you're doing small increases to where your your body's getting acclimated, your muscles are getting stronger. Um, and, and honestly, they're just they're they're becoming less prone to injury. Yeah, and I think mentally it also helped with this training plan starting off small and then like you said, gradually building up because I wasn't so overwhelmed with the idea that in uh 15 weeks from now I'm going to be hopefully running 13.1 miles. Right. Well, and it's, it's daunting. If you start looking at like week, I'm looking at your training plan here. Yeah, I'm not looking at <laughs> week 14. You've got to run uh, a five miler on a Monday, a three miler on a Thursday and a 12, you know, 12 miles on a Saturday. I mean, so that's right there. You're almost running <sighs> double the distance of what you're supposed to be doing in your half marathon. Why, why did you look at <laughs> rule of or tip for everybody out there? Try not to look ahead on your training plan. Take it one day at a time. Yeah, and I'm a planner. So if I say don't look ahead. Don't look ahead. <laughs> but no, but overall this week was great. I learned how vital it is to sleep and to rest. That is huge. I mean. Okay. Mo, everybody is is the just the world's best mom and wife. No. Yes. Yes. Don't no. be humble. Just let me brag on you for a no. second. She gets up with the kids. You know, the kids will be crying in the middle of the night. I don't hear them. She gets up with them. So aside <laughs> from being exhausted and, you know, being sleep deprived and trying to do this training plan, I mean, how do you feel overall? Well, I, I actually feel really good. And I will say I am just just like every other mom, dad, parent, man, we just, we make it work. And I, I feel really good. I feel like last night we talked about this. There's just a change in my mood. There's just a change in, in my being, I guess. I think physically I feel stronger. Even after one week, I just feel stronger. I feel more capable. And I also feel, feel really empowered. I, I just, my, my thoughts are a lot less muddled. I'm able to just breathe through things a little bit better. It's just been a, it's been a good week. And you're already amazing. So like okay. this has made you even, I've noticed, no, truly I've noticed that certain things that might've bothered you previously or yeah. might've, you know, um, you just, you just have more energy. Yeah. More patience. Yeah. It's only this is pretty one. cool. It's, it's pretty cool to see. Can you imagine what I will be like after week 16? I mean, yes. Well, I love you, honey. Thank you for supporting me with you. my first week. It has been great, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm actually excited. I will tell you, though, awesome. with my first two-mile <laughs> run, I was not excited. But gradually, you just want to keep doing it. Sure. So week one, down the books. Way to go, Mo. You made it. Yes. So Harrison, now tell me how your week one <laughs> was preparing for Marathon 2. So I was telling our listeners this kind of right before we got started talking about our um, 16 week plans, but I'm going to be attempting a new style of training for this marathon. So my first marathon, I followed a Hal Higdon plan, which was a heavy emphasis on the, the weekend long run. It was like, you know, kind of mild runs throughout the week, two or three rest days and a big run on, on Saturday or Sunday. Um, I'm actually, this time around, I'm going for what's called the Hansen's method. It puts a lot of emphasis on a lot of weekly mileage, not so much on the weekends mm -hmm. and, and it's cumulative fatigue. So 
what that means is basically tiring your legs out to the point where by the time you get to that final run on Saturday, your legs are just like shot, but you're going to do it anyways, because that's trying to simulate what you're feeling in a marathon. So for example, I ran a total of 44 miles this week, which 44 uh, people, but that's the most right that you've in a week. Yeah. But here's the thing. It sounds like a lot to me and you, but for, you know, legitimate marathon runners, like elites, they're running a hundred miles a week or more. Um, but this is just your second. I, I know. So just, uh, and I won't bore everyone with the exact details. We can post this online, you know, but I think a couple, it is on Instagram. We did put it on our Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. Oh yeah. Follow us. Ding. So, but I will say a couple of, of terms that I think would be worthwhile to, to go over on this podcast uh-huh. um, are, you know, tempo runs. Okay. So the tempo run, and don't quote me exactly on the verbiage here, but it's basically, it's a challenging run at sort of marathon pace. But it's not conversational because you're pushing yourself a little bit, but you're not running all out. So it's kind of that in between. Um, and, and so this marathon training plan has me doing some mileage at tempo pace. Um, and then it also has me doing some speed work. So I went on a track this week for the first time um, and I, I actually worked on on speed work. So it would have me run, you know, 600 meters all out, you know, at 5K pace and then recover for about 400 meters and do that again and again and again about eight times. And then there's a, a warm up and a cool down. So yeah, that was my week. Um, I'm really excited about it. I made it. I thought I would finish yeah. the week with an injury of some sort. Um, to my knowledge, I don't have one. My, I'm feeling a little bit of shin pain in my right shin, but I think it's just soreness, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I think a, a rest day tomorrow on Sunday will be will be good for me. Yeah. And one episode, we really need to recap your first marathon and your training for that because tell me if I'm wrong, but the first marathon when you were training, it was just basically to be able to run, right? You weren't really focused on speed. Whereas this one, you're, you're focusing on tightening up your speed, right? It's a mental game. Running's a mental game. And of course it's physical, but you know, that first marathon and for you, Mo, your, your half marathon, you, you just want to finish it so you can tell your mind, okay, I can do this. And then your second, knowing that you can finish that, that mental strain kind of goes away. Like mm-hmm. I know I can finish a marathon. Now I want to actually push myself. I don't have that pressure of finishing because I know I'm going to finish even if I have to crawl to the finish line. But, uh, you know, I want to actually put my time and energy into this training plan to work on a specific time goal. Right. So. And you did it. And I'm so proud of you. And he says I'm, you know, Mo the Great, but he's really Harry the amazing <laughs> i was trying to think of an h word you know what you'll have you have a lot of time to think about that yeah, let's get back to everybody on, on the next episode oh yes but no really i and i will say it's been such a joy to do this with you sweetheart because it's been fantastic to have a support system yeah and have someone together. who's done it you For know sure. and can tell me yeah. okay like that's normal what you're feeling or that's really good and so Make sure if you're training or prepping, like you have that support system, whether that's you know a spouse or a mom or a sibling or a dad or a friend or hey, totally. even even us, even us, yeah, we support you and you can do this. We're your virtual companions. Oh yeah, that's um, right. One thing we did this week, which is kind of fun, we found on OfferUp a um, oh yeah, a, what is it called? A running a stroller? jogging stroller. A jogging stroller. Yes. Okay. No runner wants to hear the word jogging. By the way. That's like rule one. 
don't call it jogging. But anyways, our jogging stroller we bought for like <laughs> 70 bucks from some person online and uh, had a flat tire. We had to go fix it. But we're looking forward to being able to go out and put the kids in there. It's a side by side. So it has has the two seats. And so we'll be able to just kind of go and take turns pushing the stroller. And I'm really looking forward to the days when we can start doing that. Oh, yeah. And I think something that's really important with training for a marathon is, you know, sometimes you just have to have fun. I mean, you have to find the enjoyment and pull the enjoyment out of these things. So whether it's like for us, like jogging with our kids or listening to good music or AirPods, you know, you just have to be able to make this run as enjoyable as possible, as possible, even if you're, you love running or even if you don't like running, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mo was referring to her, uh, birthday gift she got this week. Yes. From yours truly. And I love him so much. They, and I, I will say this. I, we had one of our listeners shout out Mallory <laughs> had suggested that we talk about, you know, gear. And I think in another episode, we will talk about that in more depth, but I yeah. will say for my first week running, having as less on me as possible in terms of like not having a cord with what I'm listening to yeah. being hands-free, um, wearing the right type of clothing. That was yeah. pretty important, especially for someone who has, you know, isn't classified as a runner because I just think that every little thing was. It all makes a difference. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the episode where we get to talk about music because we are we're oh, so passionate about yes, music and just like are. Oh, what yeah. to listen to, what mm-hmm. gear to use mm-hmm. and all the that The BPM. Kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. But we should talk about the gear, the piece of gear that is so important to running that you know, people ask us all the time, I want to get started running, but you know, what's my first step? Well, it's simple. One's one foot in front of the other, but in all reality, it's not that simple because you need a piece of equipment that's going to support your feet, support your body from getting injured. Bottom line is you start mm-hmm. putting 40 miles on in a week or even 10 miles on in a week. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to get some type of injury if, if you're not um, doing it right. Um, and so we want to tell you about Shoegate. Dun, dun, Our dun. <laughs> crazy experience with two little kids trying to get to the running store and buy a pair of running shoes. Three times, people. Three. It took times. us three <laughs> trips to finally get Mo her perfect pair, yes. which she did find. Big reveal at the end. Oh yeah. We'll tell what which ones you got. So the first time around, I was coming home from a business trip. I was getting in around one o'clock, and and you know we were supposed to meet at the running store at one thirty. So Mo called me right when my plane landed and she's like, 
honey, I'm, I'm sorry, but the kids are sleeping. So we're gonna have to try this another time. Okay, so attempt number one, out the door. All right, fine, we'll, we'll try it on Saturday because you know we'll have time. And this was last Saturday. So we went to the running store and the kids were just all over the place screaming. Oh, yeah. The store was busy, their systems were down. Yeah, and it didn't help that we went during their nap time. <laughs> so, Sweet. and they were hungry, and Leah kept trying to get on the treadmill. Yeah, so we <laughs> cut our losses the there. Oh yeah, went home and and we just could not get a time together to go to the running store, and it was such an important piece of you know let's get you started on the right foot, no pun intended. Uh, you know, but that was um, good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I threw those up my sleeve. <laughs> um, and so. Anyways, today, tonight, you know, we finally cleared our schedule. We said, all right, we're going to go. We're going to give ourselves ample time. We're going to take the time that we need so that Mo can just try side by side all the different shoes that she needs. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mo, I I think you should take us through kind of start to finish. What was the experience? So when you go into a running store, by the way, Roadrunner Sports is the one that we went into. Shout out to Eddie. Eddie was awesome. Oh, he was bomb.com. He answered all your questions. He was patient. Yes. Knowledgeable. Very kind. Yeah. Go see him people. I was impressed. So that's in Tempe, uh, Tempe marketplace, um, roadrunner sports. So what's the first thing they did when you walked in? So the first thing I did was they matched you with a, is it running? Is he like a running specialist? Like what, what was his title? Yeah. Something like that. He's not really a salesman. Uh, although he, I don't know. Maybe he, he isn't, he isn't, whatever, sure, but, sure. but they match you with someone who can help you in through, you know, this progression of finding the right shoe, the right fit. So they sit you down and they ask you a couple of basic questions. Now, let me preface this with, had I not been more aware this past week of these questions, I wouldn't know how to honestly answer because like Harrison said, that first time we actually went to the store and I actually was able to, um, interact with them and they asked me these questions, but we didn't finish finding my shoe. So this week I really focus on these questions that they asked me. So they asked me, number one, what was the purpose of my shoes? Is it for running? Is it for every day? Is it for walking? Is it for a mixture of both? Then they also asked if I had any specific pain areas when I ran. And before I had no idea if I had any pain areas. Like I just I think Yeah, how would you know that if you're right. just beginning? Yeah. I yeah. mean, because when you when I was running before, I was just running as a part of a workout, right? I wasn't right. considering extending this period of training um or running. So this this week though, I really did focus on that and I really noticed that before I thought it was my heel. It's actually not. It's actually my arch uh, that I felt the most pressure. And so that was a really, really important question to answer. And then also they asked, how much cushion do I prefer? And again, I run in like five plus year old Nike freeze. I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know about cushion. I love cushion. I yeah. love. But Eddie was great because you, you could say to him, uh, hey, I don't know you tell me like, let's try this together and you can right, show right. me the, the different types of shoes. Right. Yeah. So that was, that was helpful. Just being able to talk about those questions. And then he kind of gave me the spiel of like cushion, how important it is and things like that. So the next thing we did was, um, I ran barefoot for 30 seconds on a treadmill while he, 
filmed my uh, feet. Yeah, they call it a gait analysis, yeah. G-A-I-T. So it's basically them going in and identifying biomechanical abnormalities in the way that you walk or run. So they're looking for pronation, which is basically, you know, as your foot lands, are you kind of shifting your ankle, mm -hmm. you know, because that can put a lot of strain on a, a, a whole myriad of muscles and tendons and things. Mm -hmm. um, and that was pretty cool too, because then he also showed me like my right foot, I was landing pretty so you were pretty, you were straight. pretty straight. Like yeah. I, I definitely, when they did mine, I shifted my feet a lot more than you do. Yeah. So that was pretty cool to see. Well, my left foot though, he did say that there was like a curvature, like there you could see yeah. that it was. So, uh, and something I didn't know is that obviously like you, you have sizes, shoe sizes, but with running, it's pretty common to have different size shoe or different size shoes for each feet. Or different size shoe. For yeah, like like your one of your feet is bigger than the other. Yeah. So, Roadrunner has this really cool machine. It's like the first one, three D scan position something. Basically, it's a machine where you they take a scan of your foot and it will tell you exactly what shoe they recommend, which is crazy. And Pretty we cool. had wanted to try this out, but it's been down for like. Yeah, three Get it weeks, together, right? Roadrunner. I know, <laughs> but luckily they are amazing, and they could manually, yeah, put in the take a measurement, look at my feet, and go from there. So when he did that, um, my right foot measured as a uh, woman's nine regular, and it was wide, and then my left foot was an eight and a half regular wide. So with that info, he was just telling me how they tend to suggest specifically at Roadrunner that the bigger foot, like you want to have half a size bigger. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. Because your feet swell up. I did not know this when you run. Yeah. And so in order for you to avoid toenail jams and oh yeah, runners bun bunions. Lose toenails all the time. Yeah. In order for that to happen and to specifically for me to avoid arch pain, they suggest having a bigger size shoe. Um, that way it can allow your arch to expand properly and also to prevent those other injuries. And that's solid advice because I can say with 100% confidence, running in the right pair of running shoes, you know, where the toe box is wide enough to where your feet are comfortable and, and all of that, I've never lost a toenail. Mm. I've never had a, even as much as a blister. I mean, it just finding that right pair of shoe truly makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And so the next thing we did was customize insoles for me. Now I will say this, you don't have to get customized insoles because the shoes that you choose, specifically running brand shoes, they have cushion already in them. But for us, and we thought it would be a really good positive, especially because Harrison, it's, your experience, can you talk a, about yeah, your it's insoles? A, it's a good investment in my opinion, because yeah, it's like 80 bucks to get them. But um, I was having some foot pain when I was training for my last marathon and I went in there and I, I explained to them and I said, I don't know if this is the right shoe for me. Do I need a new pair of running shoes? And they were actually surprisingly, instead of selling me a new pair of running shoes, they said, no, um, try out these, these insoles. They're, they're going to support your arch a little bit better. And sure enough, I put those in my running shoes and it solved the problem in about a week. Mm -hmm. So they really support your arches and, and rather than your foot kind of slamming against the, the ground and pulling from all angles on, on your feet. It really supports that arch 
keeps everything in place. Um, just overall less strain on your foot. Right. So I love what Eddie said. He said that support comes from the insoles, but cushion comes from the shoes. So in order for, especially for me, and I just discovered this tonight that I had high arches. I have high arches. So I really do need that extra support from my customized insoles. So you go on to this machine and they heat up the insoles and then they, you step on the insoles on this machine and then it molds to your feet. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's really cool. Um, I think the key with all of this stuff is just take the time to go in and see a professional that can fit you for all this stuff. mm -hmm. You know, you can try it on your own. You can try to buy stuff online, especially in this day and age. Everyone wants to buy stuff on Amazon. And I totally agree with that for the most part for a lot of other things. But when it comes to running shoes, I think it's it's pretty important to get someone to take a look at how you're running. Oh, absolutely. And I think if anything I learned, the value of running shoes is basically to prevent injuries. Right. I mean, oh, there's a myriad things of like, why you would need to get running shoes. But from the information that we got tonight with Eddie and just talking with other runners, running shoes benefit your feet to not to allow you to keep running. Yeah. So, um, but also there are people though, remember the no shoes movement? There's a whole big movement. People don't yeah. believe in running with shoes. I'm, I'm not bought into that. I don't even want to look into I it. Love, so. I'd love to learn more about it though. So maybe one day we can have one of those people. Yeah. One of those no. obscure people. Okay. They're not those people, <laughs> uh, but we can, I, cause I'm really curious to hear about that. Yeah. But for me personally, I know that I would benefit, especially from this first training, uh, to have customized shoes. Yeah, for sure. So they brought out like all these, these different shoes that they thought would work for you. Yes, um, they did. And so the Brooks, they brought out New Balance, Saucony, mm-hmm. or some of the other ones, Asics. And so can you tell us a little bit about each one of those, just like ASICs, what did you not like about them? Okay. So essentially I was going between four different brands. So I was going between Saucony. Saucony. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. <laughs> ASICs, Brooks, and uh, Hoka's. Oh yeah, Hoka's. I yes. About those. So ASICs is, if you were to line those up, they would probably be the ones with less cushion. Um, they're firmer but they're also fairly light. I personally did not like them because I I've learned that with my high arches and just with my preference, I need more cushion. Yeah. So I passed on to Asics. Uh, the Saucony's, they were extremely cushioned, like cushiony, mm. but they were a little bit too much. And plus the bottom, was it, did we say it like felt like styrofoam? It honestly looked like when you open a, like a toy or something and there's like styrofoam in there. Yeah. It looked like styrofoam. I mean, yeah, they, but again, all of these shoes, they are fantastic, but for individual preferences and, and, you know, taste, but, uh, the Saucony's, they were just too cushioned for me, especially on the, the rim. Uh, the Brooks were medium level cushion and I loved them. And that's what I run in. Holla. Yes. And he did not influence my decision at all. And we're not trying to influence any listeners. No, we really aren't. Uh -uh. I think the point here is that truly everyone's foot is shaped differently. And yeah. And you run differently. And your comfort level is different. So you you really have to try them all to to figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, which, which is one, which one's going to be the right one for you. Right. Um, 
and you really need to take time. Like this was not just an in and out thing. We were there for almost two hours. Yeah. And, and we, we brought the kids again and they were great. But if you have the ability, definitely go in one-on-one, have a conversation, ask your questions, get as much information as you can to make the best educated decision for your feet. <laughs> so um, talk about the Hoka's real quick. Those yes. are super popular and they look right. cool. Which They're so cool. It leads me on a different tangent. We won't go too far down that, but does aesthetic appeal make a difference? Surprisingly, no. And going into this, I thought it would. I was honestly trying to look for ones that would make me look like super fly, super hot. <laughs> um, but that all left my mind after this week because training this week, week, week one, I was much more aware of what my feet needed. Right. And what they didn't need were the shoes I was wearing currently. And I really needed shoes that would fit my feet the way I needed them to fit. Right. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. I needed the cushion. So Hoka's were fantastic. They're beautiful. And they literally feel like you're running on marshmallows. Yeah. Like they have the most cushion out of the brands I've talked about. They have the most cushion, but I was so disappointed because I honestly thought going into it, I would get the Hoka's, but the rim the rim was way too hard for me. Huh. Yeah. Whereas the Sauconies, the rim was too cushioned. Yeah. So I really need to find a middle ground. So yeah. then we, he also brought out New Balance shoes and go Boston. Love New Balance. Uh, they were great cushion. They were mid-level cushion. Uh, and the rim was pretty good and they were really light. So mm-hmm. I was going back and forth between the New Balance and the Brooks. And I love the Brooks because again, mid-level cushion, rim was great, and I felt it was structured. Uh, the New Balance felt lighter, but I ended up going with the Brooks oh, because the New Balance, the material that they were made of, and I forgot what he said that they were. Um, it's more prone to tear, especially if you're going on. I mean, I'm not playing on trail running, but you never know where I'm going to run. Right. Um, whereas the Brooks are made a little bit more durable, just from what yeah. I we talked, we spoke about. They look pretty cool, and you got they are you got purple. Yes, rest in peace, Black Mamba. Kobe Bryant. Oh yeah. They look fly. I like them. They're they sick. Really They're cool. pretty. She yeah. got the Ghost Twelve. Oh yes. Nine and a half. Yes, nine and a half Ghost Twelve. I am so excited, you guys. I will have to post a picture because they are amazing. So I'm just incredibly happy with the Brooks. I'm excited. I can't wait to start running in them. I think what's amazing is after all of that, we ended up with the exact same pair of shoes. I run in the the Brooks Ghost 12 as well. Yeah. Not on purpose. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's cool. It's weird too because we're just obviously so, so different you know in our in our physicalness i don't yes. know how you say that you know my feet are so different from yours but um but yeah no they, they're awesome one mind honey one that's mind. right um something else that i was not aware of were the i guess the value of having good socks socks are important yes and we talked about how, you know, and again, yes, they could be classified as salesmen, but it was really important. And I, I did notice, um, different things when I ran in like cotton socks versus dry max socks. So 
wool and cotton socks, I guess they break down your shoe faster. I didn't know that. Makes sense though. Cause so more moisture, more sweat. Right. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. And it allowed you that, I guess the material you're more prone to get blisters and calluses. Yeah. Whereas this dry max material, it can prevent blisters and calluses and sweaty feet. So like you said, the moisture. So I ended up getting some, what did I get? I guess they're just dry max. And I use uh, the brands called features. If if anyone wants to look into those too, those are really good. She got the roadrunner brand. I think it was. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Look, your driest sock in the world with dry max technology. (laughs) Need lots and lots of heel and forefoot padding? Crank it up. So there's a ton of different brands out there for socks, but I think the key is getting that some type of dry uh, technology that's going to keep your feet nice and dry. Mm -hmm. Um, Give you a little bit of cushion in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, get some running socks. They do make all the difference. Oh, yeah. You just want to fight stink with microzap bacteria chomping fibers. That was on the sock. (laughs) You would be really good at infomercials. I would love to do an infomercial. We're going to recruit Mo to start doing all of our advertisements. Oh, boy. <laughs> so that was Shoegate, everybody. Um, not to be confused with Deflate Gate. And Oh, Tom Brady's innocent. Innocent, I tell you. <laughs> Don't I leave agree. the Patriots, hey, I'm Brady. A, I'm a huge Brady fan. We, we yes. can save that for another day. Yes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Something else I want to mention is shoe length. So, oh, so important. This so is important. out of everything that we talked about with Shoegate. I think this is probably like one of the most important things. I didn't know this, but and it he's it all varies on the individual and how like if you're running for half a full, if you trail run, it's all different. But basically. You should be, your shoes should need to be replaced every 400 miles. There's a range though, four to 600. Well, four to 600, say. yeah. Every four yeah. to 600 miles. And then your insoles, if you have customized insoles, every 1,000 miles. Yeah. So Harrison, with your last marathon, you had two I, pa- I went through two pairs. Yeah, but you still have your insoles, right? I still have my insoles. So I'm hoping those will last at least until this next marathon because they're not cheap. Um, but I'm probably going to need another pair of running shoes very soon, especially yes. on this new plan. I mean, think about it. If you do 40, 50 miles a week in a matter of like two months, you're you're getting up there pretty close, two, oh, three yeah. months on needing a new pair of shoes. So, And at first, when I before we were prepping for this, I was I was like, that's excessive. Why would you need to spend all that money? But it it's yeah, it's crucial. I remember my aunt, uh Nini, yeah. she told us before, even before Harrison started running, you need to get a good pair of shoes, and but you need to know you're going to need to get multiple pairs of shoes. Right. And I was just like, no, no, yeah. but it's true. Like, but, but think about other sports, how just expensive they can be. And this is, you know. Ice skating. Yeah. Yeah. I was an ice skater. Shout out to Mo. She was an ice skater, you like what, 10 years? More than that. Really? Oh, oh, wait. 
ago or are you saying for how long no, I did for, it? Well, both, I guess. But for how long were you oh, an ice skater? I, it wasn't 10 years, but it was definitely almost there. Yeah. I played football growing up. Oh, yeah. All the pads. Harry Brady. No, I was third stringer. Hello. <laughs> I was so scrawny. I wasn't fast. I, I wasn't aggressive. Don't believe. Well, I believe that. You're such a sweetheart. It's not my sport, but I love watching it. Yeah, you do. He loves the Patriots, man. So we're talking about training, right? And we're, ta- right. we're in the beginning stages and prepping. So I was asking them what advice that they have hmm. for first-time runners, beginning run- beginner runners. And they basically said a couple of things. So first, to change up your... The surface, right? The surface, yeah. yeah. Because um, they were explaining how, you know, hard versus soft surfaces really help recover your muscles. So you want to rotate it. So, you know, one day you do pavement, the other day you do uh, grass, or, you know, you just want to make sure that you make your muscles work. So on pavement, pavement doesn't absorb shock well right. at all. Right. It's really hard on your feet and on yeah. your shoes, whereas a canal or grass, uh, they absorb more shock and that prevents more injuries. So basically you want to rotate it so that your feet has some diversity. Yes, yes, and yes, yes, yes. What's nice about where we live and I'm sure where most people live, there's a lot of different terrains they could run on, mm-hmm. but we have these canals. So they've got dirt, but they also have a little running path mm-hmm. next to them. And so I like to kind of go back and forth. Like I'll run on the, on the, on the running path. It's usually asphalt or or um you know some kind of material and then and then I'll shift over to the dirt and I'll yeah. kind of go back and forth back and forth just because my legs will start to start to feel it you know when I'm pounding the pavement right and so. but trails actual trail paths have more impact than both those I didn't know that yeah on your feet oh and also we forgot to mention my run today I couldn't run in the canal because there was a coyote yeah, that was crazy. It was that funny because she calls me in the middle of a run. She's like, how often do you see coyotes? I'm like, I've literally never <laughs> seen a coyote. The one time she goes yes, out. Yes, I saw a coyote and it was. Was it not just a stray dog? No, 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 no. That was 1 million percent a coyote. Okay. I believe you. And I was freaking out. <laughs> I was. Because you know I love animals. But anyway. Uh, so any other thing, another thing they said that was really interesting was if you're going to run on a treadmill, we talked about, you know, different avenues of running. If you're going to run on a treadmill, you really should be running at a two to two and a half percent incline mm. at a four and a half to five minimum speed to get your muscles working properly. Cause anything less than that, they basically were like, you're just like you're running in place. I will say this is a matter of opinion. I've heard some yes, people actually yes, yes. kind of put it on negative incline to replicate sort of downhill because mm-hmm. there are some marathons where you're doing a lot of downhill stuff. But I, I totally agree with the fact that when you're running on a flat treadmill, you're not getting the same work that it takes to run outdoors. Right, right. And then if you do a stationary bike, he just says to do over like 100 RPMs. Like basically... It's a good option too if you want to rest your legs, mm-hmm. but build up your endurance. Great cross training. Yeah. And then another final thing, and this was a mind blowing moment. He said that, and again, this is personal opinion, but he said that core work in your abs, it's like the most important part of running. 
Mm. Which I was like, oh, it's your legs. How can you run without, right, you know? Right. But he said, no, because if you think about it, when you're running, your abs and your core, that's where your structure is. They're doing a it lot holds of work. everything mm-hmm. in place. So focusing on that is pretty important. Yeah. A couple of exercises that I like, well, I guess one that I really like is mm. where you, it's, I don't know what they call them. I think leg lifts or something, but where you're, mm. you're kind of on the machine at the gym or you're where you're putting your arms on the, the cushions and you're lifting your leg up sort of perpendicular with the ground yeah, uh, or parallel with the ground rather. And, and that's a really good one. Cause I think it's working your hip flexors, but also your core. So mm-hmm. all these types of strength exercises can't be neglected. You, you've really got to get those going if, if you want to have the endurance to make it through a marathon. Yeah. So Harrison, as we conclude our second episode, is there anything in terms of like prep or, you know, shoes that you want to, I just want to, I just want to say buckle up because next week it's not slowing down, No, you know, cause the way that these plans are designed is they take you up until you peak and then they taper, but mm-hmm. that's not until like two weeks before the marathon. So, um, giddy up. We've got a lot of work to do, but mm-hmm. I'm really excited. We made it. We made it through week one. We did. Um, again, everybody, if you have any questions, shoot them over to us. We would love to answer those and feature you on our next podcast. Yeah. We're just a couple of crummy marathoners making our way through. We hope you guys have stuck around because we've got a bonus for you. Mo and I are so excited to let you know that we're going to be doing a new segment on the crummy marathoners podcast called first timer feature where we're going to be interviewing brand new runners who've just completed their first race. Because we think it's important to hear how amazing runners are at all stages of the game. And there's something that's so exciting about hearing someone's first race and their experience. And so our first guest is Hillary Goodman. She's so impressive. She's one of my best friends, sister-in-law. And we heard that she had just finished her first half marathon. So I went over to her home to find out a little bit more about her experience Um, And she was generous with her time amidst baking cookies for an event and tending to her kids on a busy Saturday. So here goes our first first timer feature. All right. So I'm here with Hillary Goodman. She is a mom. Actually, why don't you tell me about yourself? Oh, gosh. Okay. I am a mother of five and I love baking. And cookies. She gave me, by the way, a, a massive, what is this, a two-pounder? I, I, it is a full cup of dough, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I really enjoy home decorating, and I have recently fallen in love with running. So awesome. Great segue. It. You have how many kids? Five. Five. You guys should see the family picture. They look like the Kennedys. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> All right. So five kids. Do you work? Outside of the home? I do not. Okay. Um, But five kids is like five jobs. I work inside of the home. Yes. And it's funny because my baby went to kindergarten this year and I thought I would have all this extra time and I feel busier than ever. It's crazy. Okay. So Um, you just completed which marathon? The Mesa Phoenix Sprouts. Wow. I don't know what the whole full name of it is now, but the Mesa Marathon, I did the half and it was great. It was okay. really great. I was actually surprised at how much I loved it. <laughs> it's really weird. You know, people don't understand it. They think, why would you pay money to race? You know, I know. Why would you? I thought that. that. Yeah. I still sometimes think that. 
So, okay. So you ran that race. You loved yes. it. Now let's back up. So okay. we know what you did. Um, how do you juggle training for a half marathon when you have five kids and a lot of other things going on? Um, so the long runs on Saturday were probably the, the trickiest just because I feel like Saturdays are a really crazy busy day mm-hmm. um, between ball games and chores and, you know, possibly being in and out of town. In fact, we were out of town for one of the long runs and I had to make it work. So I, I ran while we were out of town. Um, I don't love running on the treadmill. So I had to, but I felt like I had to, if I stuck to my schedule. Um, so a lot of times I'll go just as soon as the kids head out to school. If it's a Saturday, I'll just go super early. Okay. Um, like how early? Uh, as soon as the sun comes up. I don't like you to don't run, like in, run the in the dark. Is mm-hmm. that be- for safety reasons? Yeah, safety and it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. So, okay. But I think that works in your advantage because the heat can yes. help when you train in it. See, yes. I like to run in the morning when it's dark. I have a headlamp. Oh, um, maybe I should try it. Well, maybe I would like it. I don't know. You might, you might. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you do have a different element of safety that, yeah. you know, there's just the obvious yeah. of being a, <laughs> a single woman. woman running. But I see a lot of women yeah. running with dogs. In fact, yes. I did my, uh, I had a 10 mile training run this morning and I had a lady with a, with a big white dog and he almost bit me. So, so I, cause we have a new puppy. She, well, she's five months old and she's bigger now. And I'm like, yeah, when do I could. start, when do I start bringing her along? Is she going to like ruin my mojo? Like, I don't know. I kind of would like to start bringing her just on the shorter runs and see how she does. Yeah. I've always wondered what the dog's endurance level is. Yeah. You know, like we just assume they can run five miles or whatever, but they, they? I don't know. a friend of mine trained for the half with her dog and okay. she said it was awesome because she noticed that the dog kind of pushed her sometimes yeah. and she felt like she was la- sure. lagging, Yeah, you know? Okay. So I don't know. So what's the most miles that you worked yourself up to on a Saturday? I, for the training for yeah. the half, yeah. I, the longest run was 10 miles. 10 miles. Okay, great. I think the plan that Mo's doing, I think takes her up to like 11 or 12. We'll see if she, you know, gets yeah. there given the time that we have, but yeah. um, where did you find the training plan? Um. So, okay. A friend of mine, so I'm turning 40 this year. Cool. <laughs> At the end of the year. <laughs> I the st- not till December. Wow. But um, I have this list on my phone. This is kind of a, a lot of information that you didn't just ask for. But to give you a little background, um, I have this list on my phone of like tons of goals that I just add to all the time. Yeah. Th- just things that I'd love to do that someday or yeah. something that I'd like to work on or aspire to. And running a half marathon has been on there for a long time. Nice. And I just kept pushing it off because it seems very daunting. Absolutely. But because I'm turning 40 this year, I was talking to a friend and she's like, do it. She's Mm -hmm. like, what are you waiting for? Let's do it. I'll train with you. I've never done one either. So she sent me, um, just like she found it on Pinterest. It's just a chart. And it's, as I looked over it, I'm like, that looks is it blue by chance? No, it's pink. Pink. Okay. I've seen it's one pink. on Google. But yeah. There's... It's a, ten, it's a, ten, no, I think it's a 12 week. Oh, oh 12. You I think 12 it might weeks. be a 12 week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's 12 weeks. Wow. Um, and it's, I was like, okay, I could, I could do this. I could do this. And I think when I got to the six mile, the first time I got to the six miler, I was like, uh, I got to figure something out. My eight, my legs are hurting. My okay. knees kill. So I'd ask some friends um, and they were like, you need to get better shoes, you know, just yeah, give me tips yeah. here and okay. there. But the training program itself, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is a plan. And if cool. I can just stick to a plan, then 
and you don't really have like a coach, anybody walking you through it. No. Okay. Would have been helpful no. if you had a, a, a crummy marathoners podcast. Um, yes, okay. for sure. Because there were tons of questions. Like I would just ask friends who have done it. Yeah. You right. know? So what was your fitness level before you got started? I had just kind of started running. I had been doing like weights and different, you know, yeah. different. Cl- I had been doing a boot camp class for years. Okay. Nothing like endurance wise. Nothing. Yeah. I would not consider myself a runner. In fact, I hated running. Yeah. Thought I hated it. Yeah. Which I've done races in the past before that I was like, this is just not my thing. Yeah. Shorter. I've done the turkey trot. I've done the Pat's run, you know, shorter ones. Okay. But you'd say now you love it. And, and what yes. do you like about it? So I know- Because I trained, I worked so hard for it. And I was like, I did this. And it wasn't terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I finished. And I kind of want to do it again. Like I crossed the finish line and within five minutes, I'm like, when's the next one? When's the next one? Yeah. Well, so a couple things that come to mind. First is that, you know, you talk about goals. I think most runners are gen- generally pretty um, goal-oriented type of people. Mm-hmm. So if that sounds like you, running is probably a great sport for you. Um, and then, you know, like you said, you, you were thinking about when's my next one. But there are a lot of runners who do races and, and they're thinking the whole time, why did I do this? Uh, never again. Never again. Yeah. So you're kind of I might have felt that way on the last two miles. Like, just let me yeah. finish. And that's okay, right? I think that's <laughs> natural because that's yeah. going the same. But I would say most runners that I've talked to, it, it takes, it's like, I've never given birth before. You've obviously done it five times. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you have this... I don't know. Be careful here, Harry. I don't know if you can compare this. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, don't get me in trouble here. Go you can ahead. stop me if I'm about to say something that would get me in trouble. <laughs> but from my understanding, after you have a baby, there's like a certain time period where you kind of forget the pain. Oh, right? yeah. Is that oh, a real yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. So... For me, birth is very euphoric. Yeah. It's like amazing and I and I guess I could see how you could compare it to that no it, there's definitely you can't compare like you well can't compare kind of two, but I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> in a small way the, the the forgetting part of it is what I'm yes. referring to okay you kinda, I think you yeah. kind of forget the pain that you were in because my pain was extreme my last six months yeah. okay of running my marathon but I, I was like even it only took me maybe 24 hours to kind of forget what that felt like yeah and be like let's go you know mm-hmm. next next one so mm-hmm. that's awesome well yeah thank you for taking the time to uh sit down and, and be my very first our very first guest yeah um, thanks for asking me podcast and um it you know if anyone has any questions for, for hillary send us a dm on on instagram at crummy marathoners and we'll get it over to her and we'll see if she's willing to answer any questions for, for us. sure Sound yeah. good all right Thank you. We'll, we'll let you get back to your the kids and your baking. <laughs> yes. We hope you enjoyed hearing Hillary's story. It was so great sitting down with her. And I just have to say, she talks about her passion for decorating. And you should see her, her home. It is like straight out of a magazine. Truly amazing. Um, super talented. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to episode two. Um, And until next time, we'll see you soon. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this funny journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.